Good morning, world. Welcome to another episode of the IP Breakfast with attorneys Albert Decady and Emmanuel Coffey. Good morning, counsel. Counsel, good morning. Good morning, everyone, from wherever you may be listening. At whatever time, hopefully you are having coffee as you listen to this new episode. Yes, I have my coffee here. <laughs> I'm ready. Uh, as a... Uh, Today, uh, we will continue the conversation we had with one hunter, uh, a graduate of the uh, business school of Chicago uh, University. Um, just to remind everybody that Chicago University is, is the best business school in, uh, in the United States, uh, arguably uh, by those who may have graduated from Harvard, Dartmouth, and uh, UPenn. <laughs> and other schools uh, but uh, that is the uh, that seems to be the jury's uh, verdict out there so uh, just to tell you the type of, uh, of uh, personalities that we are bringing to you uh, in this episode counsel uh, yes uh, we uh, today we'll again we'll go over the different stages of financing uh, of your corporation and the uh, and also the pitfalls uh, that may lie in your uh, as you move from one form of uh, financing to the other. Yes, last week we went uh, quickly on somebody having an idea and you wanna you wanna obviously register. You know, we we talk about due diligence. Um, talking to an attorney, doing some research, uh, creating, uh, selecting uh, a trademark or business name um, that that is that we have shown um, that is a little bit more complex uh, than people think. Um, you know, the, just choosing these things have to be done in a manner, thinking uh, strategically on how you're going to use it uh, later and make sure that you have no conflict and, and uh, no later confusion where you start a business under a name and later you find that you are infringing on somebody else's name and you have to change the business name and redo uh, advertising and, and waste money that way. So we talk highly about due diligence. Um, due diligence can be done with help, professional help as well. Um, you know, we always advocate that uh, while a, a lot of things in America or in the world can be done by uh, you, uh, you know, especially certainly in America, you can take care of any legal matters on your own, uh, at your own peril, though. <laughs> mm -hmm. So um, we do advise that people do seek legal uh, advice and professional advice uh, and doing these things. Um, so we start from ideas and then we created a company and uh, which we call a startup and run uh, went into, you know, how do you start a startup and how do you get some seed money to start your project and the different phases that uh, that there are, you know, like uh, going to an angel, going to venture capitalists and, and round one, round two. And uh, eventually, maybe even take your your business, uh, you know, to 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 a to a stock market and, and and make it a public company. 
So right. Uh, let me preface the uh, the conversation by also saying that many com- big companies start you know have a humble beginning. If you take uh, HP for example, Hewlett Packard, right? Uh, the guy started out of his garage. Not not just Hewlett Packard. That's uh, that's the same for Apple. That's the same for the mammoth that is called Amazon today. Uh, there's so many companies that have started in in the garage. <laughs> Okay, so so just because you are a startup, you are at the beginning stage, and it's a very humble beginning. You don't have the funds, the resources. It should not really be, uh, should not discourage you. That's why we're saying. Yeah, and this is why you're listening to this IP breakfast today, and we do hope that you would uh, not uh, only listen to this episode, go back and listen to other episodes. Uh, we have some noise in the background, um, but um, sorry about that. Um, but if um, you know, we are trying to bring this information to you so that uh, you can actually do the best possible uh, with that information and know from how you can take your ideas from ideas to all the way to the end. And we also want you to. Take a look from our book, which is the value of your ideas. Um, it's available on Amazon. Uh, it will make for uh, as we are uh, in the holiday season. It will make a perfect gift uh, for for a friend. It's a gift that will keep on giving. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, but we do have Mr. Hunter with us. Um, do also have some background noise that that is uh, if we could uh, reduce that we'll, we'll we were trying to reduce the noise in the background um do you still hear noise now we get um council coffee are you going to um, introduce him still run well yes thank you uh, again uh, uh, this is for the second time if you listened uh, to the last episode had Mr. Ron, uh, Hunter, he introduced himself, uh, his credentials, and his background. And today is the continuation of the this uh, the the last episode. So, with us, without further ado, I'll let Mr. Hunter have it. Go ahead. Well, good morning, good. Mr. Hunter. Good morning, gentlemen, counselors, esteemed esquires. <laughs> so, good morning. Uh, can you hear any background noise now? We are way better now. Thank okay, you. okay. I put in headphones. Excellent. So last we left our story, we had an entrepreneur um, who had a concept. And what we're trying to do, we talked a lot about how to, what he had to do to kind of get that concept off the ground and going. But... Every concept, every business requires this this fuel called cash. Can't you can't get around it, right? So you have to plan for how you're going to get that get that cash, right? The entrepreneur is saying is cash is king because it's all about cash to keep the doors open to keep people fed. So going through the the steps that I talked about last week. I created a chart that that essentially synchronizes as you're growing what you have to do 
to go out and get the requisite cash and where that cash might be coming from. So under the lean startup, we have the development of your company, right? To, to get it going, going through four phases. One is discovery phase. The second one is customer validation. The third one is customer creation. And then the fourth one is, is starting to scale the company. During the, the discovery phase, as we talked about last week, that's when you're trying to really just define, just because you have a concept, you don't know that you're going to get customers. So you're going out and, and interviewing and, and getting an understanding of what problem that you're solving for the customers. Now, this is a key thing because when you sit in front of investors, whether or not they're your mom trying to, you know, get the money out the, the, the cookie jar or, you know, Uncle Ed trying to get him to turn in those war bonds, you're going to have to explain to them why you think this is such a great idea and, and, and convince them that, you know, that this is something worthy. So even before you go to your family, and this is something that in our community is not readily taught, right? Even before you go to your family, make sure you're dotting your I's and crossing your T's. Make sure you're defining what is the problem that I am trying to solve? What, um, where, uh, what is the value of solving that problem? Who are the target customers? You can put all that on a one sheet, um, on 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 one sheet of paper. In fact, there's a um, a framework out there that's using Google called the Lean Canvas. That's Lean Canvas. If you just Google it, you'll find it. It has nine squares on it. And in those nine squares, you just have to fill out those squares and you'll be able to talk to anybody about your business. Now, and you should be able to fill out those squares in about 20 to 30 minutes. There's nothing that you have to do massive research about at that time. So at that point in time, now you have something in which you can start talking to people. Now, who are going to be the sources of the funding at this point in time? And in, in, in your thing, remember, you woke up yesterday, you had a concept. You spent a week putting together your lean canvas, and now you're saying, okay, now where are you going to get the money to make this happen? And, and as part of that, that lean canvas, you want to start defining how much money do you actually need, and what are you going to do with that money? It's, what, it's something called sources and uses of funds, right? So the source of funds would be you, Uncle Ed. The you, what I'm going to use that on is not go to a party. Right, it's I'm going to identify. Um, I'm going to take what I understand about my customer base. Now I'm going to go do some surveys to really fine tune that. I'm going to um, uh, write up a business plan, a very lean business plan. I'm going to incorporate. I'm going to potentially get trademarks. Right here are the list of things that I'm going to go out and do with your money that prepares me to go get the next level of money. And that's all you're really trying to do. At this point in time, your primary customer are the money people. The people you're trying to get money from, that's who you're trying to, and you and, and your concept are the product. So at this point in time, early on, you're going, you're sitting down with the lean canvas, you're going in front of Uncle Ed, 
and you're saying, hey, I need this amount of money to get to this point so I can then raise the, the, the next level of money to accomplish these other goals and tasks. Um, and that, so almost always, that money comes from um, friends, family, and, fa- and, and you. Right? But what money do you have in your savings account? What money can you get from your friends? What money can you get from your family? Now, the, the beauty of that is that your friends and your family tend to be less sophisticated investors. So you don't have to go through a, a, a deep level of due diligence and, and gathering information like you're going to have to do with more professional investors. Primarily, the reason that they're investing in you is a belief in a concept and a belief in you. And I really should flip that. It's more about a belief in you, right? That 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 you're capable of doing things like this, and that you've shown kind of uh, you know you've you, you shown your ability to define something and then follow through. They're invested in you, and then they're investing in the concept. Now, l- let me ask you this: uh, What then? Because you are within your family, right? It's within your relatives and family. So, if because there are that's, there, there is a chance you may not succeed. What happens if you do not succeed? It's a good question. Uh, because ninety percent of businesses don't succeed. If they, if you don't succeed, uh, you're going to go bankrupt, and they're going to lose their money. <laughs> okay. But I also, I, I right. also want to. And, and so that's why when you're raising. I'm sorry? I wanted to interject here to, to that question because like, I'm an avid uh, uh, supporter of uh, try, try, and try again until you succeed. I mean, uh, each time you try, you may want to try a different approach. Uh, but to Council's Coffee, if you, if you try once and, you know, Uncle Ed did not uh, put out uh, any money out of pocket don't get discouraged I think um, you know you need to rethink maybe he's giving you good advice that maybe something is wrong in your presentation that 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 the person needs to rethink their presentation what uh, what they are working on their project and see the validity of their project and then we try again absolutely that's that's absolutely perfect advice and you have to treat your family and your friends professionally. When you sit in front of them to raise this money, they are no longer your friends and your family. They are professionals. And you have to listen to their questions and their concerns instead of just saying, just give me the money. Right? I know you have the money. Just give it to me. Now, that's not how this works because of what Albert just said is key they may have insight that you can actually value, that you can benefit from. Now, uh, the, the question about what happens if you fail, yes, they lose their money. That's why you're trying to define goals. You're, the, the, the whole key concept here is that you're trying to increase the probability of not failing. Right, by going out and doing the research, by going out and finding customers, before you invest lots of money. So even this amount of money that that they are first investing, you can try what we call experiments, right? You can 
put together, here's what I think would happen in the market. Here's who I think my target customers are. And then you can spend $500 to go and do a Google survey to find out whether or not those are your target customers. Then when you get that information back, you go and say, oh, maybe, oh, I see some things um, are, I've been thinking are not correct. So I'm going to change my business model and then go out again. So with a very little money, you can actually increase the probability at the, at the very start um, that, that you will succeed. Right. And that's a key thing. One, to demonstrate to the next level of investors. Two, increasing the probability of not failing means you're going to increase the probability of giving your friends and family a return on their money. Now, I am not a lawyer. I need to say that before I say this next thing. At this point in time, like I said, this has to be professional, right? So one of the things that you will have to have done and before you take in the capital, you should do before you take in the capital, is go get incorporated. Um, typically, you want to form, at this point in time, a um, an LLC if you're going to, uh, if you don't think you're going to have to raise money later or a C-corporation if you think you have to raise money in the future. I don't want to get into that at this point in time, but those are the two um, top formations. Once you've raised that money, you want to go out and get, um, a com- you want to take the money in in the form of a convertible note, right? So there are two ways, there are two to three ways of, of taking this money in. One, is a convertible note. The other is just straight stock. Um, and this is for our friends who are not familiar with convertible note. Could you tell us what that is? Yes. Okay. So let's talk about the stock first. A stock is just a unit of the company. So if I had a company and I, when I incorporated, I issued 100 shares of stock. The value of that company is equal to those 100 shares. So every time I sell a share, if I sold you one share, you own one 100 of the company. If I sell you 10 shares, you own uh, 10% of the company, right? So that is the, uh, you know, that's how you do by buying stock. A convertible note, is but now when you do that you actually have to put i'm sorry with the stock you actually have to put a price on the company you have to tell people based on some algorithm what the value is of the company at that point in time it's going to be a very hard thing to do because really the value of the company is zero then they put in some money and then the value of the company is whatever money that they put in Right, but you can increase the value of the company. You can say it's worth ten million dollars or ten dollars, depending on um, what your valuation argument is, and that and that gets more complicated, right? So, what they've come up with is something called a convertible note. A convertible note is just a, it, it is what it is. It's a, a debt. It's a it's a it's what's called a note instrument. And so what ends up happening is that you go to Uncle Ed, you say, Uncle Ed, um, when you put this money in, I'm going to owe you this money, the company, 
not I, right? Because they split it into the company. The company will owe you this money. And if it doesn't raise the next level of money within two years, the company will be in a position, will um, pay you back the money. Right? And, but if it does raise that next level of money, the, the, the note will convert into stock, into regular stock, and that the valuation of that stock, the valuation of that company will be set by the next group of guys. That gets you out of the discussion of you, you know, you guys going back and forth and what the value of the company is. You say, you know what, I'm raising money. The next round of money that I'm raising is, is from like, you know, the professional guys. We're going to put it on them to put a valuation on the company. Um, I'm, we're going to put this note in right now. And if I don't have to raise money, I've been very successful with the money that you gave me. If I don't have to raise that money, then it's going to convert into stock. And I'm going to give you um, um, more stock for having given me the, um, for having, you know, um, uh, having had faith, having had faith in me. Mm-hmm. So does that make any sense? Did I? Yes. Okay, good. Yes. <laughs> so let's go, I, let's, I know let's, it's a little complicated. Let's go now to uh, to a phase one. Now we've done seed money with the family, and we're going to uh, to a higher level. And so it just essentially works exactly the same way at each um, higher level. At the very next level, the only thing you're doing, as you said, in the last level. I've defined my customers. I know who they are. Now I want to go out and get those customers, right? I want to get some early evangelists. I'm going to get some beta testers, right? I need to I need to build a prototype of the product. Or if, you know, whatever type of business that you're in, you're going in and you want to build what's called the minimum viable product. The minimum viable product is... No matter what product that you build, whether or not it's a pizza parlor or, you know, the iPhone, the minimal viable product is you put in as, as few features as possible so that you can satisfy the customer and you can earn $1, right? So you want to put in enough features into the product to, to get out there, be able to sell to your customer base and have them wanting more. And, and you're going to start earning money. Now, the reason for doing this is that when you were in your first phase, that money, you're probably trying to raise anywhere from the lowest is probably about $50,000 to probably about the highest, which is about a half a million, right? The valuation at that point in time would probably really just sink on the amount of money that you're raising. When you get to the next phase, you're raising more money Right, so you want to raise the minimum amount of money that you can, really, to um, to achieve your goals, but enough money to to sustain yourself, because you're going to have to go through experiments. So at this point in time, you're trying to raise money for about the next 12 to 18 months of running the company. Right, and if your and if your goal is to build this big monolithic product without having ever actually sold some of the product, it's going to require way more money than um, than you really should be raising at that point in time. So you want to... Okay, and by, 
by this time, it's not only you because you've 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 got a team, right? Since you incorporated, and at this point in time, all the parts of what you're doing. The first time around, you had no team. It was you and the you know in the garage writing up the the paperwork and all that kind of stuff. Now you're starting to hire some people, right? You're starting to hire the minimal amount of people from an organizational design point of view. The minimal amount of people to go and support the organization as you go to try to raise this next level of capital, right? Okay. That's why they call it the lean startup, right? At every point in time, you're trying to be lean because the more money that you raise, um, the more you're going to give up of the company, and we need to get into that. So at this point in time, you're raising your next level of money. Now you're starting to actually um, uh, put the product out there. You, you have some, some team that's actually um, supporting the product. You, you're getting metrics and feedback now, right? So that's what those are going to be the goals that you're going to define. And now you're going to sit in front of what's called seed investors. I mean, angel round investors. Now, angel round investors can go from people like doctors who are like not your friends, right? You do you can find them on meetups. You can go to um, there are lots of things. I'm, we're up here in the New York area, so they have these meetings all the time of these types of people. Where you go and you do pictures, and then they they put money in. You can, you know, ask your friends. So it's like friends of friends, right? So it's not that friend in the first round. This is a friend of friends, somebody that's a stranger to you, but you know they're they're high, they're high net worth individuals, right? Because now you're going, you're trying to raise that next level of money, which probably is somewhere between a half a million to a million to up to two million dollars, right? So that you can build a product, sustain yourself for 12 to 18 months and get the right amount of team together to support the product and its growth during that time frame. And remember your goal is to build the product and 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 actually be able to sell it, right? So you have to have some sales people in there, some support people, and then you know the people who are gonna build the product, somebody that's gonna handle the money, right? Even outside sources, you have to have a small organizational structure at that point in time. Now the thing, so, so I'm going to come back to this whole thing about valuation and how much money you're raising during those phases. The next two phases, you're doing essentially the same thing, right? You're listing out your goals. In fact, I always tell people to use a framework called SMART goals. That's S-M-A-R-T. It's an acronym. Um, and when, when using SMART goals, you can Google all this stuff. Um, usually smart goals help you to actually define a goal well and define the measurement of that goal, which is sometimes what people do, do not do. They'll say, I want to go to the moon. Yeah, well, that's not a goal. I want to go to the moon by June 7th, launching out, out of Cape Canaveral. Okay, now we know what, you know, we know a lot more. It's more measurable about, you know, between now and then what we have to do. Um... So you're going to be doing that. So for every phase, you're essentially defining your goals, defining um, at this next level what's going to drive it, right? That's going to be increases at this point in time of just customer base, retention with that customer base, increases in cash flow, right? And from now until the end of the company, that's just how it's always going. 
It's always about increasing your customer base, increasing your retention, increasing your cash flow. That's what all companies are about. They build products to help them to accomplish those things. So now with the last few minutes here, let me quickly go into a big thing because one of the things that is uh, that they don't talk about is losing your company, being successful and ending up without really any company <laughs> in your pocket as a founder. One of the reasons that you want to raise the minimum amount of money is because the valuation is going to be small as you go along. Remember when I first said, when you start a company, you have 100 shares, for example. If I sell you 10% of the company, right? I, I now own 90%. For every stage, every time you raise money, you're going to give away some of the company for the cash that you're getting. The trick, the goal is when you give away that, that um, when they buy those shares, you want them to buy them at a higher valuation, right? You want them to buy them at a higher valuation. So if I sell you one share and then the value of the company is $1 million, right? And I sell you, you know, 10% uh, of the company at this point in time, that means you have to give me $100,000 for 10% of the company. Then I take that $100,000, I invest it and do the things during this phase, and I go to the next phase. I need just another $100,000. But the value of the company, because of the activities that I have been doing, right, my sales, organization structure, these things, the value of the company has theoretically now increased. And this is where you get into negotiation. It has increased to $2 million. So now when I go for that next 100000 I don't have to sell them 10% um, of the company. I am now selling them, what, 5% of the company, right? So the more money that you're raising, you want your, your valuation to be going up even faster than the amount of money that you're raising because that way you end up owning more of the company. Well, uh uh, it's it's a it it is a, a lot to unpack <laughs> <laughs> today. I hope uh, our audience uh, were taking notes. Uh, there's a lot said in this in this episode here. Um, the beauty of this is that it's there for you to play and replay uh, and get the information that you need. In addition, uh, Run uh, also mentioned doing some due diligence yourself and he mentioned uh, the, the forms that you can actually find on, on Google um, so there's there's quite a, a you know work that, that, that you have to do on your part to make sure that you are well prepared to present your idea to convince your audience whether it is your father or your uncle Ed um, to be able to raise some money and it's also at those levels that you learn to practice and uh, sharpen your skills, sharpen um, the, knowing that your information so that when you go to the next level where you are seeking money from angel investors or uh, venture capitalists, 
that you are able to um, to present in a well manner that will increase your chances to be able to raise funds to hire the people that you need to help you build your next successful project that we uh, hope that you do uh, of course with the help of the book uh, that we have the value of your ideas that has a lot more information uh, that you that uh, as part of your research uh, pick up that book it is uh, it is uh, uh, very cheap for a lot of information yeah um, I was about to say book? it all ties back to uh, the, your idea plus action would equal to success yes yes and that's a that's a formula coined by myself and council and as part of our book um, ideas by themselves will not get you uh, places but if you put some action to it um, you will see success obviously listening to this program we want to thank uh, Mr. Hunter for uh, the last two uh, presentation and the time that he has given to to us and to our audience um, we'll invite you again Mr. Hunter thank you yes and I look forward to I look forward to peeling back the onion even more I want to get this information out there because in particular our community is, is, is lacking in this information and we need to get it out there as fast as possible and I applaud you guys for, for organizing and, and for doing this thank you Well, uh, I'm Albert DeKady. I can be found at, uh, on Twitter at A-D-E-C-A-D-Y. Counsel? Um, I'm Emmanuel Coffey. I can be found at uh, Coffey Law at C-O-F-F-Y-L-A-W-L-L-C. And until the next time, be well. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye now.